Oh my, oh my, it's going, it's going, run, run, damn it, you aren't gonna make it, okay, you made a second, turn the corner, yes, he doesn't have the ball, yes, 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 yes. he's got the ball, turn third, go, go home, yes, oh, oh, oh sorry guys, uh, I had to finish watching the World Series, don't have Aaron or Michelle, but we are going to continue our World Series of guests. So with us tonight, we have Blake Riley, the big boss of the Filling the Void network with us tonight. Blake, you run the network. Can't you demand that Aaron get his butt back in here? I would love to demand that, but he doesn't even answer my emails, so that's a problem. Ah, oh, all right. Well, I guess I guess it's just the two of us tonight, then, and and, and we're gonna discuss. That works for me. <laughs> we're gonna discuss the song "Go Home." I'm not saying go home right now. Don't don't go home. <laughs> Stick with us. But we're gonna discuss the song "Go Home." And if you're screaming your sleep, or collapse in a heap, but spontaneously weep, then you know you're in deep. If you need her, you should be there. And I'm guessing, since you wanted to be on this episode, I'm guessing you know this song pretty well. Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. Okay. So this is a Stephen and Ed tune from Maroon 2000. The interesting thing is, like, so this was a big hit of theirs for a long period of time. Uh, Setlist.fm has them playing this song 52 times, but they've only played it once since Stephen left the band. And to they played it once in 2010, and that's it. It doesn't surprise me. And it's that really... doesn't surprise me at all. This is definitely a Stephen rhyming song. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it says it's written by Stephen and Ed, but I really I get the feeling that this is much more of a Stephen song than an Ed song. I I could agree with that. I could totally agree with that, just based on the rhyming structure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So. We we don't. I don't have a lot of facts about this song. It's hard to kind of pull up a lot of facts about this song. There, I'll be dispersing them in as we go through this. Uh, we don't have Aaron tonight. Um, but it, what? What the? He- Aaron is at the World Series and he just held up a huge sign. Uh, let me let me back it up. I have a DVR here. It's it's really small, so I'm gonna zoom it in, and it says. Go Home is off Maroon. It's recorded at around 155 beats per minute. It's a little loosey-goosey, but it's centered right around there. Go Home is in the key of A major. We hear a lot of A in B&L songs, and it's a great key for them. I like this song. It's a catchy tune, and of course, I really dig Steven's vocals. Given that Convention Years was from Maroon, I had high hopes for this tune. I don't like it quite as much as I like that one, but it's a pretty high bar. There's something about the melody that irks me, and I think it's the first half of the verse that kind of reminds me of Do You Believe in Magic? It's got a classic pop rock aesthetic with the hand clapping and such. It kind of reminded me that of that thing you do, but obviously less manufactured and more earnest. Interesting elements to note are the glockenspiel in the background and the reversed strings, or is it reversed guitar, added, adding to a unique feel to what otherwise feels like a more standard pop rock song about love. 
The lyrics are pretty great. As someone who travels for work and has been in a couple of really intense, long-distance relationships, they spoke to me. The Catherine the Great line made me guffaw out loud, which is always a good thing. That's got to be a page lyric. If you're lucky to be one of the few who can find somebody to tolerate you, I love it. Apps appreciate that somebody loves you for you. I know I do. I'm not the kind of guy who would normally put on a song like this. I'm more of a dark and brooding type. But I could definitely see myself put putting this on in a hotel room while I'm writing an email to my fiance telling her how much I love her. I might be dark, dark and brooding, but I'm also a hopeless romantic. Is he next to the girls <laughs> that flash the camera during game five? I'm just wondering. <laughs> that must be why. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's who it was, but holy cow. Why, now, now, the question is, why did I notice that instead of, you know, I noticed Aaron instead. But um, So, and my wife will be happy. that That's what I noticed. But, but, you know, this way I can go home later. I see what you did there. <laughs> you set I me did. up for that and boom, nailed it right over to a first single. <laughs> so... We have all the info from Aaron about the about the song, but I do want to throw in some interesting things about the music in this. Jim is all over this tune. He is playing the double bass, the baritone guitar, the hand claps, the glockenspiel. Like, he is everywhere. <laughs> that's a lot for one person. <laughs> it is. And usually it's Kevin that's, like, throwing in all this extra accoutrements. This is Jim this time. Like, he's just like, what else can I throw in here? How about this? I don't know if you noticed the glockenspiel, but once I looked it up and I saw the instruments, the glockenspiel becomes very obvious at that point. I, no, I did not, but I'll have to listen to it again. One of the things that you can notice if you're going back and listening to that again, and, and I'll try to put in another clip right here. When you're listening to it, listen for the high-pitched dings, almost like the sound that you hear when your phone gets a message on Facebook or something like that. Those that's the glockenspiel. If you think of her as Joan of Bark, she's burning for you, get your car out of park. And if you think of her as Captain the Great, then you should be the horse to help a meter fake. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's interesting because it makes total sense that he's playing it because if you listen really carefully, and I was trying to listen in throughout this to hear it as much as I could, like the 50th time through, um, one of the neat things about it is he's playing it to the chord changes. That's definitely interesting. I, I like that. It, what's funny part about the chord changes is that it actually fits, it almost fits the theme of the song because of everything's like getting to the end. Like, let's go home, let's finish this up. That's it, the chord changes. <laughs> called By the way, you were, you were saying that the song is very, very popular. And I was trying to figure out why. It's never released as a single. So I'm trying to figure out why is this song so popular. I looked at Maroon, and I think I figured it out. It's between Pinch Me and Falling for a First Time on the album. So that could be why this song okay. is so popular. Because it's right in between the two it's mega a, hits. <laughs> it's the one that everyone kept coming back to and hearing over and over again. And in between, they had to listen to this. Exactly. So that's probably <laughs> what it is. It's probably because it's right there in the middle of the two very, very popular songs. So that's why this is such a favorite for people i have a theory about why it's popular too but we'll get to that when we come to the lyrics because yes. i think it has a lot to do with what this song is about true um before we do that though there are i, I also want to point out so kevin's on the electric piano so he's not playing the synth this okay. time he's got the electric piano ed is playing the acoustic and electric guitar and doing the hand claps 
But he, but we don't have Steven playing anything. He's just doing total vocals on this. By the way, what we is get, it with maroon and hand yeah. claps? Like, what is it with this album <laughs> and songs with hand clapping? Yeah. It's too little too late on this album, too. There's so much hand clapping on this album. <laughs> yeah, they're like, let's. I like that. Let's do it here and, and here and here again. Um, although it really works it in does. this song, it I gotta really say. Does. It's just funny to me. Um, this, yeah. And, and it really kind of picks up the speed of it and, and helps it kind of feel a little bit more lively, sure. I think. Uh, we have Tyler on the drums and the tambourine. So we, once again, adding a little bit extra again, we got Tyler on that tambourine. And then we got Jim Scott doing the high, and I'm going to, I'm going to swear here, but it's because it's in the lyrics, the high ass vocals, <laughs> um, in, in the lyric, in the, in the liner notes for, for Maroon, it, that is that's what fantastic. he is given. <laughs> um, I think that's the notes that we hear at the end of the bridge. I'm going to put it in right mm-hmm. here. Now take a moment to be sure before you give it all to her. So, so people are probably like, well, who's this Jim Scott? Especially since on the liner notes, it, he's listed as doing the studio decorating and vibe control. Um, I don't know if that's just a joke or not because they they wrote under there. Any of you guys seen Jim Scott? So he's given that as his credit. Um, but he's also the person who is doing the engineering mixing for this album. Oh, that makes sense. So, that, that works. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like he's all over the place doing everything and anything on this album. Um not everything to everyone. That's the next album, but different album, different album. So that's all I have to say on the music. And Aaron's added his his bit in now. What do you think about the music for this? It's album? catchy. I mean, this for song this song, is catchy. <laughs> like the music stays in your head. That's what I appreciate about this song. I was listening to it at work just because I was on my break. So I'm like, let me guys start getting ready for the show. I'm like, it just stays in your brain. Like you, you find yourself humming it hours later. Like that, that says something about a very catchy song. I thought this one is. Oh, yeah, it is an earworm. Yeah, because I don't know where I just start humming the music and it work. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I should really start concentrating more to the music, <laughs> but there you go. No, I mean, it is very catchy, and the rhyme scheme is different than on any of the other songs kind of leading up to this or around this. Um, even though it's high energy, which is interesting considering the other songs that are surrounding it, they're also high energy, so they're just like really hitting it one after another at the beginning of this album. Right. The rhyme scheme is very different, and he, he's doing a lot of fast rhyming here, some of which, you know, uh, some people have complained that that it's kind of lazy rhyming. Um, I like it. I, I think it fits here, and I think this is better than one week when it comes to the <laughs> rhyming scheme because at least everything makes sense. Ed, sorry, you know I love you, bud, but I, I, I could, I actually, this rhyme scheme makes. What sense. I was thinking about with the rhyming, I don't know if you've actually seen this special. Um, on PBS, did a big special about Hamilton a couple of years ago, and it was I watched Vit, Little Miranda. He was sitting there working on a song from Hamilton, and he openly said, "He's like, I think I know every single rhyme to the word burr because I had a thesaurus, and I was like, I need to find words that." <laughs> How did I feel like Steven wrote this song? I have a thesaurus, and I'm going to find every word that rhymed is like home. And then we're going to go from there. <laughs> and when he couldn't, he's like, okay, now let's switch the rhyme and go in different exactly. paths. Exactly. That's, that's the first and- thing I thought of was listening to the song. <laughs> 
Um, and he, yeah, he's just like hitting him over and over and over again. Like it, it's very quick. It, it's a very quick, um, in terms of the, how quickly the rhymes come back to, around to each other. There's almost rhymes within the middle of the, of the line as well as at the end of every yes. line. Um, which is an odd way to do things. I love mm-hmm. it though. Yeah. Well, um, in terms of the music, I don't have a lot more else to add to this because there. I mean, there's a lot in there, um, but I don't. I'm not a great one in terms of breaking down the music itself. Yeah, he, the guy who does that is at the World Series, so let's we raise it to him. <laughs> and I can't ask it. It's not like I can yell it to him, and then he's going to write more on the board. <laughs> so. Oh man! So I guess now the really yeah. weird thing is that Aaron's not even a big baseball fan, so I'm not sure why he's there. But go with the gimmick. Maybe this is just his way of telling me, like, this is how I'm going to get my information in <laughs> as far away from you as I possibly oh, can. Yeah. Well, like you said, though, the, we were talking about the lyrics, and you do want to move on to the lyrics. Yeah. So the, let's do that yes. <laughs> because the lyrics are fantastic. They are fantastic. <laughs> no, I agree. And uh, it's very, very B&L, where they're doing a fast-paced song, but there's a deep story behind the lyrics, which I love. There's a, I, I don't know if it's a deep story as much as, like, one singular story that's kind of going in there. Like, there's not a lot of depth about the story itself, well, but there's a... It there- depends on your point of view, because the way you look at it is, if... I always think the line, there's a line in the song that every time I hear it, as I get older, I relate to it more. If you're lucky to be the one, one of the few to find someone who can tolerate you, that I shouldn't have to tell you again, just pack your bag and get yourself on a plane. That As, as I get older, that line hits more and more and more, you know? <laughs> now that I'm married, that, that line hits a lot harder than it did when I was younger for hearing this song. Oh, Definitely. But I kind of, I think it kind of wraps up the whole song and explains it so well very quickly. True, and it's very true. Like, but still, it, it's a, it's it's a great story. It's it's them moving out of the idealism of love that they have in some of their earlier songs. Um, not all of them, <laughs> because you know Stephen does like the bat write the bad boy boyfriend type of song, um, but there is that kind of idealized love earlier on. In here, though, like, here it's like, you know what? If you find someone that tolerates you, that's love. Don't throw that out. I feel like I say that to my best friend who's having some marriage issues. I'm like, (laughs) don't don't ruin this because she puts up with you for everything you do. Exactly. So don't ruin this for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there are relationships out there that, that the person loves everything about you and you love everything about them. Those are few and far between. Most of the people... About, like, which ones are those? Which ones are those? <laughs> I don't know any of those. <laughs> I've met a couple of those people. I don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but most people, this is... This is the truism. Marriage relationships are are hard things, and if you can find someone that likes most of the stuff about you, tolerates the other stuff, then you're doing really, really well. It's true. It's very, very true. And that's well, long relationships. I also go with friendships, not just relationships as well. I've learned that over the years. 
So uh, just a basic, for people who haven't heard this song before, it's a scathing reproach of a friend. The narrator is kind of reproaching his friend uh, for and telling the person not to cheat, or at least to stay in the relationship and stay faithful in this relationship, or... Yeah, or get off the pot and and make the decision of they're going to be in this relationship or not. Um, There are some really hitting and gorgeous lines in the song that I absolutely love. That one that we were just talking about being an example of one of them. Um, And part of it makes me wonder if this is Stephen giving himself a pep talk to keep himself faithful to his wife while he's on the road or if if this is what he would say to a friend if he saw that that friend was being unfaithful i i mean i really want to know where this song came from i i, I mean the person in the song is that the song's being sung to is obviously someone that's like on the road a lot because it's singing about going home and always being at a distance and it seems like this person's really missing their partner so they they there is true love there, but I, I want to know the story behind this song. Because it could be someone on the road. It could be a long-distance relationship. You know, it, it's a lot of different ways to look at Was it a long-distance relationship before I got married? So it, it's possible. You know what I mean? This song that's, does fit that kind of category as well. That's true. That's true. Obviously, they're not married yet, though. No, 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 no. Dating long-distance. Because he's <laughs> one of the lines that says, you know, before you give it all to her uh-huh. during the bridge, uh, which means that, which I take to be mean, like, Tying the knot, making that into a marriage, you know, making that commitment. So this is obviously a person that's kind of at that point in life to decide whether or not they want to get married to this person. I almost feel like this is the kind of song you play to someone who's on the verge of proposal. You know what I mean? Like, mm. are you sure? But Are you iffy? But then play a song like this and it's like, okay, if you can say yes by the end of the song, then yeah, you're in the right position. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Now, this song has a really different meaning for me. It's a very special significance for me because when it came out, I had a friend of mine that was being cheated on by by their significant other. Um, I don't want to share names or, or details, but it was a huge hit to that person. Um, and it really hit home for me, no pun intended. And and then there were some other events that happened in my life, and I, and I warped the song. I mean, figuratively, I played the song endlessly, and it was very, very cathartic. There's a few songs in my life that really, you know, that really hit me at the right, right exact spot with the right exact theme. And this is one of those ones that did that for me. I wonder if the popularity of this song is the theme of this song of like being faithful to your partner and, and making that decision. And if it hit hit the fans at the right time of like of life where they are having to make that decision of is this the person that's right for me? True. That's a good point. I didn't think of it from that way. You're right. It it really depends on the age that you were when this song came out, too. You know, because this song what came out 2000. I think yep. I was – it came out when I was in senior year of high school. So, for me, I was in a relationship and things like that. So, it's it depends on where you are in life when you hear a song like this, really. True. Yeah. Uh, this song reminds me a lot of the Beatles song, If I Fell. Ooh. But it's a lot faster paced, and it's obviously from the second person's perspective. But I always, with this song, I always think of the affair piece. It's not written specifically about an affair. Um, although there are lines in there that kind of give you the hint that maybe this this person that he's talking to, the second person, is thinking about having an affair. You know, in terms of, and let me see if I can find the right the right line. How do I keep coming on here during relationship songs? How do you keep happening? <laughs> 
<laughs> you seem to love the relationship stuff. I, I didn't even think about that until the sound is real. I came out breaking your heart. I came out for this. <laughs> you can't imagine what an effort it takes when you make a mistake and you know in the wake that a heart's going to break. Like, uh-huh. he, he's warning, like, if you have an affair, if you go and make that kind of a mistake, you are going to break this person's heart. And you don't realize how much heartbreak is going to happen for that person, but how much has, also how much guilt that's going to cause for you. And in those three short lines, he covers all that. True. I, that's a good way of looking at that, actually. You're absolutely right. I, I'm, just, I'm reading the lyrics. I'm like, I'm back to the rhyming schemes that we were talking about earlier. Like, if... <laughs> If you're if you're flummoxed in flesh and your heartbeat is rushed, then get out of the slush until your dog tames the mush. It's <laughs> 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 amazing rhyme scheme. That's just a great rhyme scheme. <laughs> now, see, I love that. I actually wrote some some critics online that were like, "Oh, that's ra- lazy rhyming. That's just coming up with whatever fits." But who does but- rhyme in the middle of lines? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, in. I, you know, I, I wonder if it's lazy rhyming or, like, they're Canadian. So, like, dog teams fun, really. and mush and slush, like, that's a part of their life as much as it is for anyone else um, in True. the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> True. But it's, it's back to the having the thesaurus and finding words that rhyme. But he made it work. <laughs> he yeah. makes it really work. That's a story. It's like, you can imagine what he's saying. You know, it works. Versus one week, this rhyme scheme actually makes sense, Ed. I'll be the uh, person that loves one week, but that song is insane. <laughs> song is yeah, there's, there's, I want Ed on the song on the on the show for one song where I can just for that one reason ask him, can you please tell me how this makes sense other than just a free flow of ideas oh what what makes less sense one week or summer girls by lfo what makes less sense oh <laughs> that's that's tough <laughs> those came out around the same time so they, they did you know, said a lot about radio at the time i was gonna say i think that's kind of like what was just going on at the time though <laughs> exactly that's why i figured let's try to the popular example at that time that explains a lot about the time period <laughs> They also do a really neat bending of the line. So at the end of every verse, they keep saying, if you need her, you should be there. Kind of the hit Mm -hmm. that they're kind of coming back to every time. On the last time around, they come back and they switch the line up a little bit of, I won't spoil all the fun, but if you ever wonder, she'll... And once again, I, I really picked last week on on Ed for missing a word that, and it's the exact same word, if. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> here it makes sense because they're going so fast and you almost don't miss it until you slow the song down. Don't spoil all the fun, but if you ever wonder, she'll be there. If you need her, go home. So they're saying, like, one, they're playing on the fun, uh, the play of, in the rhyming in the middle of the word instead of the end of the word um, with wonder. But also, like, if if you wonder if she'll be there, if you need her, she will be. Like, go home. Mm-hmm. That's, a good, I, that's a good way of looking at it. So that's a really f- great flip there. Let's get to the bridge. What are your thoughts about this bridge? This is part of the whole, um, what we were talking about saying, like, a proposal kind of thing right before a proposal that's what i feel like this line is for it's kind of like you you can't believe it but it's true she's given everything to you but make sure it's okay with it make sure that's what you want you know don't don't 
break her heart at the end of the day if you don't want what she's giving you. Right. That's what it feels like there. And it's interesting because usually the bridge is them stepping out and saying the whole song from a completely different way. Here they're kind of continuing on with it with a, just a key change and a, a, a rhythm change kind of – well, not rhythm change, but but a key change there in the middle. Um, it is a true bridge. I think it's one of the strongest parts of the song, but it's almost like it doesn't need it, but I would never think of removing it. Like, it, it fits in way too well. Oh, no. No, no, no. It, it fits in perfectly. Right when you hit it, it's like, okay. I'm with you. Let's continue on. Yeah. And it's almost like that aperitif that you need before you hit the dessert coming back into the rhyme scheme again. Um, Because by this point, you've hit that rhyme scheme for so long. It's good to have that break and that little bit of a difference. Exactly. Let's talk about the metaphors. Oh jeez! <laughs> <laughs> like th- this song is pretty so many straightforward. Of them mo- yeah, the whole song is pretty much a metaphor. But they come to these two wonderful metaphors right in the middle of it about Joan of Arc and Catherine the Great. I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> I knew you were. Now I know you. I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> I, if, first of all, if you're listening to Bare Naked Ladies and you don't know who Joan of Arc is and you don't know who Catherine the Great is, like these these lines are going to completely go over your head. Um, but it's a great, wonderful, like little Stephen thing of like, let's make this really smart joke in the middle of the song. Exactly. I was looking at the exact same thing. Like, this is a very intelligent joke for a song, for this kind of a song. It's so intelligent. You have to be smart to get it. And if you don't get it, look it up. It's one of those things. And remember, this is 2000. It's not like now where you can look something up on Google or Wikipedia immediately. That wasn't the taste in 2000 when you wrote a song like this. No, you have to go to the library to figure this stuff out. Yeah. Now, luckily, I already knew the stories behind it, but that was really kind of cool back then. Exactly. It's a a different... People, this is a different era we lived in. Just throw that out there. (laughs) Now, of course, it plays on Catherine the Great, the myth of Catherine the Great. It was not true. She actually died of a stroke in the bathroom, in the bathtub. She did not die on her bed underneath a horse that was proposed probably Mm -hmm. by a lot of her enemies possibly even her son, who was not very happy with her. But it was not true. She did not die from having f- with a horse, and the horse landed on her. Sorry, people. You have to say that. The fact that you have to say that. Yeah, I had to throw it out there. Oh, by the way, Blake, this week there's some uh, inappropriate uh, uh, discussions in the middle of this no episode. No way, really? <laughs> <laughs> not good for young listening ears. This is why. This is what happened when you bring on one of the hosts of the formerly Clerks Minute. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, t- you seem to pick these songs that uh, that have these things in it as well. Uh, we'll get to the second one in a few minutes. Another really interesting fact is it hit me after like the twenty fifth time of hit- listening to it this week. In talking about this relationship and making this metaphor, he uses the two ends of the sexual spectrum to express love in this song. So we have Joan of Arc, who is the the warrior virgin, the maiden of God. Like, that was her nickname. That was what people know her of. And then we have Catherine the Great on the other end, the person who was known for having 22 sexual partners, which today is not a huge number, but back no. then, you go, girl. I have friends at that number. <laughs> <laughs> and also had a 25-year-old partner when she was 66 years old. Talk about women empowerment back in the old ages there. 
<laughs> Nowadays, that's just called Jerry King Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> I could love myself on that one. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but we have two ends of the spectrum here, and I, I know that this is a funny enough joke and a smart enough joke from Steven to not be a coincidence. B&L is even referencing one of their sexualities in a mythological version of it, but of the sexualities right. in the jokes. So I'm try- I sat there trying to think, well, what is he really trying to say here? And what I think he's trying to say is no matter what type of love you're talking about here, whether you're talking about devotional love or you're talking about lust sexual love, uh, if the person loves you and you love them, don't throw that away. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Especially because if it's a long enough relationship, you'll go through phases. <laughs> you will go through phases at times. And sometimes right. it doesn't matter which phase you're in as long as you're still with that person. Right. So, and I, I think that Stephen is, is not just, that's just not just a throwaway line and a throwaway joke. Like, he's actually saying something there by choosing those two different people. Oh, and by the way, you said, every time I'm on the show, we go to this weird route. This is what happens when you book grade nine before I have a chance to get on there. So you end up with a different song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a totally different discussion. I know, point. but that would have at least tied it with my show. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's a rare song that can use the word flummoxed and you don't flinch and think it's a word th- a weird thing. That's so true. And I said it before. It's just, it's there. It's just a big word. It's just there and move on. It's just like, yeah, okay, cool. you, you almost miss it until you go back and you're listening to the lyrics and, and reading them and you're like, wait a minute. He just used the word flummoxed in the song. And properly. It wasn't... <laughs> Right, it's properly used, and it's not the word that everyone like. He doesn't use it at the end for the rhyme, so you're focusing on it. He's just, just in the middle of the sentence. Mm-hmm. Final note, and this is where the where we're going to come across with the the swearing again. Is it fuck yeah? Okay, funny story. I don't know if you heard this. Um, if, on on Spotify, there's two live versions from the For Everyone tour, and they do say "fuck yeah" on those versions. So they I do. always assumed that it was. I always assumed that's what it was. Okay, <laughs> because every so there, I also got the version when they were on the Ships and Dips tour when they were doing the takeoff from the dock, and you can hear Tyler saying "fuck yeah." But I always while, assume that's what it was. I always did assume that. Oh, yeah. But while Ed is saying something else, so he covers it up with something else to kind of almost make it so you can't tell that he's saying that again. So they want to keep that kind of ambiguity there for a little while. And it's not um, in the lyrics. It's not actually in the lyrics. It's just in the song if you catch it. <laughs> no. And I, that makes me wonder all the more, like, what? who was it that decided to throw that in there? Obviously, I mean, Ed, Ed's the one that sings it. I think that Tyler's even joining in there, but like, what spurned that on, <laughs> and why is it not in the lyrics? Yeah, and it's, I think it was almost like they they put it in there, and like no one's gonna catch this because it's not gonna be a popular song. It's just gonna be in here, and we're never gonna release this as a single. Because remember, this was never played on the radio, so it's That's like true. this song was never played on the radio. It never had to be censored, like ever. So, <laughs> I've never heard That's this on a, a TV show or in a movie. So, this is one of those songs that it's like, you don't have to censor it. So, let's go with it and try something. And if we get away with it, we get away with it. And they got away with it because it was 2000. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's now, you're not getting away with that on an album like this. Oh, then, absolutely not. Then, you can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, what's weird, this is one of those we, those few songs on the album that, according to Wikipedia, and it's not in the liner notes. Liner notes credits all songs on this album to Paige Robertson. Right. But on Wikipedia, they split it up. This is the only song on the album that's a Paige Robertson combination. Which is weird. Because <laughs> it doesn't feel like a Paige Robertson combination. It doesn't feel like one. <laughs> well, it's like they, almost like they had to come up with one more song to put on the album. And they're like, let's... Let's let's go with this one and just like kind of put it together quickly and threw it together and that's like that's why how the fuck yeah gets in there like yeah like it, and we're done. This is the um I know this is not the track I think Pinch Me is the um naked track but I, I almost feel like this could be the naked track they're like we're gonna be done we're doing this naked we're gonna sing this song and we're gonna get out of the way but I know Pinch <laughs> Me is that song so right. <laughs> This is all they, all that was on that DVD they released with all the album, all the music videos. They actually said that on the DVD commentary. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about covers for a minute. Sure. So there's two covers that I've caught online. Um, one that's official because it's actually out on a real album, um, done by Cornbread Red okay. um, on the Pinch My Bluegrass album. Well, let me tell you if you're feeling alone, instead of whining and moaning, just get on the phone. Tell her you're coming home if you need her. You should be there. It's a beautiful bluegrass version, which is a little bit slower. Usually, bluegrass is an upbeat, like like really fast type version of a song. Um, this one's actually slower than the original, but it's very gorgeous. Um, it's not a build on the original. It's not better than the original, but it's a nice cover. But it says once again, how fast this song is that they had to actually slow it down to do bluegrass. That's valid. (laughs) Absolutely valid. (laughs) They were, they were probably like, there's no way we can actually speed this up and still be able to sing it. No, it's not a Hamilton song. (laughs) (laughs) And people uh, are wondering why I keep referencing Hamilton. It's because it's in Milwaukee as we're recording this, so it's everywhere. So that's why I keep referencing it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a little more sense. Okay. It's, oh, it's more like I'm going out to the Marcus Theater, right? Probably as we're recording this, they're doing an episode. They're doing a performance as we're recording this. So that's why. <laughs> Not next door, though. You can't hear it through your walls. No, or no, 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 no. No, downtown. Downtown. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is one more version uh, done by Tyler Heron. Um, it's actually a really good version. Uh, I want to throw it out to him. It's not on an album or anything, but people, please go out there and listen to this. He does a really good job. I'd like to see him do more covers. Um, it's really kind of cool. All right, that brings me to our ratings. I had a hard time picking out what what the rating system is going to be this for this week, but for me, because it was so personal, um, you know, in terms of just all the events that kind of happened around life at the time, um, around with my friends and stuff like that, and so it really was about affairs to me and not having affairs and being faithful. So my rating system this week is: how many affairs do you give this? Song. Fair enough. I'm gonna let you you take off and start this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look back over to the World Series while you're saying yeah. that and see if Aaron <laughs> gives me a number. I'm having I'm having a hard time here because I know I was on here for Break Your Heart and that's probably one of my favorite BNL songs of all time. So I don't want to go higher than that. And I know I signed up for a later song that is probably one of the most well known songs ever of the show, of this of the band. So I'm not gonna rank it that high either. So. <laughs> But I, I'm going to go with a 4.25 for the rating. And um, there you go. Trace, what are you doing? So what, what would a 0.25 of an affair look like? 
Um, phone calls. <laughs> oh, okay. So, like maybe some minor sexting phone calls. Yeah, phone calls. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll go with that. Uh, so I flipped the channel and and I'm watching Raw and. I, I don't know how Aaron pulled it off, but Aaron's actually over on Raw now, and he's holding up another card. I Hold on. Aaron's card says, I like Go Home almost as much as I like Aluminum, and I gave that tune a 3.8. Ultimately, I prefer the slightly darker and more mysterious tones of that tune. I think I like Go Home just a little bit more than All in Good Time, although All in Good Time, though. Therefore, I award Go Home a respectable 3.78 affairs out of 5. <laughs> Alright, well, that's interesting. Aaron, enjoy <laughs> the show that you don't tend to watch much. Okay, that's funny. Um, so Michelle uh, Michelle sent in hers. Uh, hold on one second. I'm going to post in what Michelle had to say. Michelle, what are your thoughts on the song? How many affairs do you give this song? Alright. And so, so nice to hear from you, so, Michelle. So nice. <laughs> She's chasing down Aaron. She must be just like a step behind him. <laughs> so this song has a lot of special significance for me. Hit me in the feels at exactly the right time. So maybe this is higher than what most people would rate this song for that reason alone. But I, I still believe that if you're thinking of cheating, then just go out and be honest with your partner. Um, end the relationship and then fuck around. Um, I, I know that sounds judgmental, but as the song says, if you ever really cared for the other person, then at least show them that much dignity. Um, sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to, to kick you with that soapbox as I got down. But it's all anyways, good. Mm-hmm. Um, I give this song a, a 4.8. I, I, it really really means a lot to me. I love this song. I would never turn it off, and I seek it out often. Fair enough. Um, I want to add in that we got a letter from uh, Tyler, who's a longtime listener, Tyler Harper, um, and, and he wrote this, so I wanted to make sure I put it in. I asked his permission. He gave me a, a thumbs up. Um, he says, I have a friend who recently got engaged, and for the most part, this wouldn't be a big deal, but he had gone through a divorce a number of years ago, and I know that it made him feel uh, quite bitter. Um, when he told me about the engagement, the first thing that came to mind were the lyrics, if you're lucky to be one of the few you, that'll find someone who can tolerate you. I shared the song lyric with him and along with the rest of the song. And he was very grateful that I was happy for him. And he felt like I had picked the perfect lyric. Uh, This is quite the feat considering we never actually met face to face. My friend is a podcaster and I've been listening to him over five years. And we've corresponded through podcasts and emails for all of these years to the point that we knew each other well enough for the joyful moments inspired joyful lyrics to come to mind. I wanted to share this, first of all, because it's a song that I really enjoy and I was very happy to have a personal connection with. Secondly, I wanted to let you guys know that the influence you have as podcasters, you might not know the people that you listen who listen to you, but we start to know you very well over time. And I really appreciate the topics and discussions that you've had that spawn from the songs of BNL. That's all from me. I have personal sto- stories with recent songs. But I'll just leave those for another time and place. Keep up the great work and can't wait for Michelle to be back. 
Tyler, thank you so much. That like, was super it means sweet. A lot. That was super super sweet. Yeah. Um, I I know that for you probably as much as me, Blake, uh, and I can't speak for you, but like the podcast doesn't bring in money for me. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a thing of love. It's a thing that like I enjoy having conversations with great people. So it's good to hear that people are enjoying having those conversations and hearing them. I I, can, I actually can agree with you on that. That you don't get into podcasting for the money. If you're a celebrity, so you get into it because you want to make people happy. So, <laughs> um, and I also can't wait for Michelle to be back and Aaron at this point. Aaron, please, if if you hear this, I know you probably can't right now, but please come back. We want you back. We want mm-hmm. we want you part of these discussions. So with that, I want to add in the appearance for this week. It's the one that I mentioned earlier, where they're playing the live version of this on the Ships and Dips tour as they're taking off from port. It has a wonderful pre-song discussion with Steve and Ed about Ben Mink. Ben Mink does not have a very good outcome in this song. Um, so you, I recommend everyone go out and listen to it. Uh, if you don't know who Ben Mink is, he's the guy who produced their second album. Uh, he's And Tyler's not a fan of the man. Um, huh. They they did play a little bit of a prank on the man and it, it, go out and listen to it. It's hilarious. So um, I'm going to throw it over to you, Blake. What would you like to plug? Let's see. What do I want to plug? Well, first of all, I, I have to plug the flagship, the Blake and Tyler show, the flagship of my entire platform and, and our network. And it's now a two-day show. I moved it to Thursdays and Fridays because of the wrestling coverage has gotten ridiculously out of hand. So we had to break it off into <laughs> two shows. Um, that's what happens when you have 15 shows on television in a matter of a week span. Oh. This is what happens. <laughs> but <laughs> that's It's not a great exagger- time to be a wrestling fan right now. That's not an exaggeration. I made a graphic. It's legitimately 15 shows. <laughs> but anyway, so wow. Thursdays and Fridays, um, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Central Time on the network. Um, I'm hosting a new monthly show that I just started back in September. It's called Pod on Pod, where I'm interviewing podcasters about their journey. And it's a really good show. Like I'm having a lot of fun with really cool people. And my November guest is Tim Nidell from Saturday Morning Rewind. And um, we were just discussing um, D5, the Mighty Ducks, is returning in April. But, but, there are two, not just one, but now two bonus episodes coming up for the holidays oh i have a special interview which i'm not going to name here you have to subscribe that's going to be coming up on thanksgiving weekend and there'll be another special episode that got moved from thanksgiving because of this interview to new year's which is something i moved there so that's a big deal going on and and one more thanksgiving plug boy with retrocast resubscribe there is a special interview coming on that feed on Thanksgiving weekend as well. <laughs> I have a lot going oh. on in my in my ship right now. There's a lot going on. I can't reveal everything, but I want to leave someone's surprise. So Thanksgiving weekend, I got a bunch of stuff going up as interviews, including a panel from Wizard World Madison that I was just at, and it's the Kevin Nash panel that I attended. And that'll also go up on the Wrestling Room, on the Blake and Show feed that week as well. So... A lot going on. Oh, and um, for those wondering, I um, did Wizard World Madison, and we did a live panel, and that is up on the Blake Style Show feed. We did a panel at Wizard World Madison, and um, that show is up on the feed, and I suggest you go listen to it. It's called the um, the Great Marvel Debate, and that's a fun thing to listen to, so go listen to that on the Blake Style Show feed. All right, so join us over on Facebook 
um, at BNL Podcast. Um, join us on Twitter at Bare Naked ABCs. Um, and go to our website, BowlingStormTripperEntertainment.com. Um, we have some great conversations which are going on over there. I just had a great one going on with Eric. Um, he insists that Weird Al saying the lines, I get all itchy and start to wheeze every time I see a piece of cheese on allergies. I still say it's Tyler, but it's a great conversation we're having over there. Um, I just wish that he brought this up before I met Weird Al last summer. Like, I could have definitively asked him, but so be it. Like, it is where it is. Um, I'm not going to let this small bickering situation get me down. Um, Aaron and I keep we keep bashing heads, but, you know, I, I it's really, really frustrating me. <sighs> Tracy, let nothing you dismay. Uh, should I just go rest? Yes, God rest ye, merry gentlemen. Oh, oh, how did you know? That's our song next week that we're covering next week. Coincidence. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me tonight, Blake. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime. This is a lot of fun. And join us next week for God rest ye, merry gentlemen, with another set of guests. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.